You are now tuning in to The Unspoken. I'm your host and poet, Grace, and I'm here to share some things I've been living to say. I do not own copyrights to any of the music played during this podcast. However, please do not try to write or copy any of the words you may hear in this podcast or going forward. Sit back, relax, and get your snaps ready because this is where poetry meets podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I've just always wanted to say that, but welcome back to the podcast. And this week we are celebrating Women's History Month. Shout out to all the women around the world from this continent to the next and back. Shout out to every mom, daughter, sister, aunt, cousin, niece. Shout out to the women that had to walk miles to get things done. Shout out to the women that marched to make a stand for us. And did I say shout out to the grandmas? Gotta give a shout out to the grandmas. The meemaws, the glamas. I don't know all this other new lingo y'all putting on to it now, but the grandmas. <laughs> okay, I think I'm done with all my shout outs. Anywho, we are here to talk about a poem called Lilith Part 1 by Trinity Sapphire. Trinity has been rekindling her love for poetry over the past year. She's established her platform with Queen's Spoken Word. Embarking on her journey of self-awareness, self-love, and the ability of having a voice for people who feel by themselves or like they have no other outlet around them. Join me in taking a walk on this journey with her. I am Trinity Sapphire, and this is Lilith, part one. Look at me. What do you see? Do you want to know what I see? I see a woman divine in her femininity. When I walk, I stride. The room comes to a halt to recognize my essence. And some may give thanks for such a beautiful and special mortal such as myself. Some women envy. Unless, of course, well, they just want my secrets. But anyway, with hair as thick as my thighs and a stride that makes my breasts right, a little on the thick side, but thick thighs save lives. Men often give thanks for such a beautiful and special mortal such as myself. But a man is just a creature blinded by the testosterone of his fate. Pretty hurts, nigga. I am not confined with society norms. I am not confined by the hopeful and the hopeless. I am not a shackle from the confusion of love or lust. 
Be careful with that one, though, because that just might kill you. I am woman. Divine in my femininity, with hair as thick as my thighs, and the stride that makes my breasts ride. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all know we give snaps over here. Yes. Pretty hurts. I know that's right. So, Trinity, tell us a little bit about, you know, your purpose and intent behind this poem. So, the intentions behind this poem was to say a woman, no matter her race, gender, or lifestyle, she is beautiful, she is bold, and she is confident. And she will make a way by any means necessary to provide for her and the ones she loves. No, that's real. Because I've seen some women do some quite amazing things. You know, that's why I was doing all them shout outs because we get things done. Um, whatever role you're playing in your life. Before you even get to a place to understand um, how important it is to do things for you, you are doing for others, um, and you are giving constantly, grinding and doing what you can for the people that are around you. So um, that's real. Getting things done can bring a sense of gratification, but I believe it also comes with its challenges as well. And you mentioned by any means necessary. So what's your take or your thoughts on how we as women handle things when we have to get things done by any means necessary? I don't want women to be intimidated by how others perceive lifestyle or work because in this game of life, you have to do whatever works for you. However, that looks to a particular individual. The biggest thing I want women to be able to take away, no matter their age, is to always keep your head up, your shoulders back, and strike with pride. Okay, posture. I like that. Because honestly, you know, you, you're talking about the physical aspect of a woman's walk. And I can see it analogically as how we carry ourselves in our walk in life. And, you know, your posture can tell everything about your confidence and your drive. That's good. So tell me some things that inspired the poem. Like, what's the meaning behind Lilith? And let's get into a little bit of that. Okay, so... Lilith was a big inspiration behind this poem because for those who don't know, Lilith is from the Hebrew version of the Bible. Um, she was actually Adam's first wife. And she wasn't, I won't say she was a bad, woman she just was a woman that didn't want to be restricted and she wanted to live by her terms and that was something that 
the community and her husband could not understand. And she couldn't take that. So she ran away. And the angels found her. God sent angels to find her, y'all. And when they found her, they commanded her to go back to her husband and be obedient like a good wife. Lilith said, yeah, no, that's not me. So she just refused to go back. So they cast her, they cursed her, and then cast her to to hell because she refused to go back and be an obedient wife to Adam. Child, I thought Lilith was a flower. <laughs> I have been wondering the meaning behind it because I've never heard of it before. But to me, it sounds like it could be a flower. Um, but now that you have explained it, a different kind of context than I'm uh, familiar with. And I read my Bible, so it definitely gives me something to research more. I can see how it alludes to a big controversial topic that we are dealing with nowadays as far as submissiveness and things like that. That's interesting, um, especially because that is a broad topic nowadays. You know, we see with social media posts. Um, I think the main one that I see is, you know, who who eats first. And so that's definitely a deep topic nowadays when it comes to a woman and her independence compared to um, being with a man and having to uh, submit and be submissive, even like the definition of submissive, how it's looked at <laughs> based on who you're talking to. Um, so yeah, this is this is very interesting. Tell me what your thoughts were regarding Lilith and her situation and her behavior. Over time, I think man just made her a sex demon and she became over sexualized this over sexualized demon I don't see her as a demon and I don't see her as being over sexualized I just see her as a woman like me that's bold live by her own terms and just mainly misunderstood because her type of behavior shocked and scared some people but she didn't let that put her in a box so I to me I think she's a brave woman even after she was condemned definitely it really makes you think about how we are viewed based on the decisions that we make how we're put into like you said, like boxes um, or just different type of categories based on what we choose to do, just even as a woman. There's so many titles and connotations to how we view ourselves, how we dress, what we do, how we talk. And these are all decisions that males are also able to make freely and it's not as controversial 
it's not that much debate over a guy's actions as there is when it comes to women. And when it comes to sexuality, yes, we really do have it bad. When you were talking about her freedom earlier, it made me think of intersectionality. We have to deal with being women on top of everything else. Sometimes it's not easy. And then it's not easy to overcome and make a decision for yourself, you know, without thinking about everybody else and what their thoughts are, what they're going to think about you, what uh, title they're going to put you under, how they're going to characterize you. It takes a lot to get to that space to say, well, this is what I'm going to do anyway, regardless of who has anything to say about it. All right, so let's get into a few of our favorites from this piece. I loved when you said, I am not bound by society norms. I am not confined by the hopeful and the hopeless. I am not shackled from the confusion of love or lust. I feel like societal norms are just the way we've become used to explaining and dissecting people and how people work but it doesn't define individuality. And that's what I get from that part. And just the vocabulary that you use as far as bound, confined, and shackled. It's sad to even think that those are the words we have to use to explain what we go through as women. And so I think that's what drew me to this part. As much as we've tried to paint the perfect picture of man or woman, people in general it it just does not compare to us individually if i had to pick uh one of my favorite parts from this piece it would be the part where i say divine i see a woman divine in my femininity when i walk i strive Y'all, if you could see that woman in her divine femininity, she has a certain anointing over her. She has a certain radiance and light about her that you just cannot touch. So don't try it. (laughs) Don't try it. I know that's right. We definitely have a walk that can turn heads when we enter a room. And maybe it isn't your walk. It could be your smile. It could simply just be your presence. Whatever your stride is, it is symbolic of your confidence. And you should definitely show it off. Well, that wraps up this episode, y'all. Really good conversation. Special thanks to Trinity Sapphire for joining me on this episode. The unspoken is grateful that you've graced us with your art. Definitely look forward to more content. And if you would like to follow Trinity, you can do so at Trinity Sapphire underscore. And check the bio for this episode. And we'll see you next time. This concludes this episode of The Unspoken. I really hope you enjoyed it, and I really look forward to your feedback. Catch us next time for the next poem and breakdown and discussion right here where Poetry Meets Podcasts.